It's the way of love live. The variety show committed to bringing you positive stories and life-affirming messages. Combined with enough inspirational music and satirical comedy to make it worth everyone's while. With informative interviews and dynamic guests, we present the best of what our global community has to offer. In a format we lovingly call short attention span theater, we combine vaudevillian styles with futuristic sound effects technology for maximum entertainment value. Together we focus on the most important issues of the day by exploring informed and enlightened approaches wherever we can find them. Using serialized fiction, we bring to life great stories from the past and sci-fi possibilities of the future. Thank you for joining us in our multimedia foray into the positive possibilities of our planet. Hang on, you never know what to expect. Here we go. It's, it's the, the Way, way of, of Love, love Live! live. Following you, 
Welcome back to It's a Way of Love Live. We are discussing neurodiversity and the need for all kinds of brilliance. The spectrum of brilliance is often the spectrum of autism simultaneously. And Tommy, what an excellent example of that. And we are so happy to have Karen Simmons of Autism Today with us on the line. And Karen, thank you so much for introducing Autism Today and having a place where people can go to learn about everything that they should know about autism. Thank you, too. So tell us a little more about how, what started you on the path of autism today? How did you uh, 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 get it started and how did you gain the momentum to create it into the organization that it is today? Well, I have seven kids. I actually have two, one that has autism and one that has another type of neurodiversity. Uh Six of them were born within a period of nine years, so there was lots of activity in my house. But the one thing that took me from my path in gemology, which was my trade for most of my life, right. was the fact that uh, Jonathan was born um, with autism. And I, when I found out that he was on the spectrum, I had the choice of either embracing that or you know ignoring it, like a lot of people did back in those days. And in those days, there were only 34 books on autism, and I decided I was going to, well, actually the universe decided that we were going to write a book through me yes. at 11 o'clock at night on the bathroom floor when everybody else was sleeping. Yes. So Little Rain Man was born, and then that led me to send it to one publisher who decided to publish it six months later. And then um, that led me to become the exclusive Canadian distributor for all of my publisher's books on autism at the time, mm-hmm. which yeah unfolded into doing a whole bunch of conferences across North America. And that was autism. Autism today is birth. <laughs> wow. And yet it has continued to grow. And uh, so tell us about the organization today and how far you reach out and how many lives you touch. Well, we reached millions of people over the years. You know, it's been kind of like an ebb and flow mm-hmm. of doing conferences and doing online conferences, doing physical conferences. You know, all across North America, we have, because of, you know, COVID and because of, you know, raising a lot of people (laughs) into the world and everything, we've kind of slowed down on the physical conferences, but right now what we're doing is we're going to change it from, you know, into a non-profit organization because we feel like we can touch a lot more lives that way. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's the thing to do, like, at this point in my life, um, I'm you know, 69 years old, 69 years young, mm-hmm. and I just want it to live on. It needs to, a lot of people know uh, about the organization, they know about the birth of it, they know, you know, like it just needs to have more bandwidth. And we just really need to touch, need to have it to be a collaborative organization um, that reaches you know, everybody around the world mm-hmm. and share with other autism organizations. It just needs to do that. Absolutely. You know, the spectrum, spectrum of solutions, because we have a lot of solutions that we've helped people connect through all the different things that we've done, from biomedical to behavioral to social skills to communication to emotions mm-hmm. to empathy. Um, no, I didn't have too much coffee today, but I'm <laughs> that's all right. Going on and on and on. Please, that's what I'm asking of you. 
No, thank thank you because uh, I think people in some cases don't understand how a person uh, who may be uh, on the spectrum will be seemingly socially distant and incapable in some respects, but then mm-hmm. capable of feats of great brilliance. Uh, one of the characters that is uh, probably well known to a lot of our audience, and I know that you have written about, is the Rain Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so tell us a little bit about how autistic children, people in general, can be so brilliant in some respects, and how what previous geniuses, whether it's literary, music, or in any of the fields, has it been determined, uh, to your knowledge, may have been autistic in the past? Well, yeah, sure. Okay, so I wrote the first book that I ever wrote was called Little Rain Man. Yes. Because at the time, there was a movie called Rain Man. That's right. And I know it's Little Rain Man, Autism Through the Eyes of a Child. Mm. Nowadays, if you say the word Rain Man, people get upset about it. I see. It's not, it's not really... You know, it, it got a lot of attention back in the day, mm-hmm. but the signs of Rain Man were like spinning around in circles, um, flapping hands in the air. There were different things that yes. were, were stems, uh-huh. you know, self-stimulatory behavior. Yes. And that was the thing that the publisher at the time and I decided would be a good thing to call the book because it would call a lot of attention to the book of course. so that people could recognize the signs and get their children into earlier intervention at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was a good thing at the time. Sure. It wasn't it wasn't meant as anything derogatory or negative at the time. It was meant to get a lot of people's attention, which is what it did. Right. And it was a bestseller at the time. In fact Temple Grandin thought it was the best book at that time. Yeah. Uh, that explained autism from the inside out. Uh-huh. So that's basically what the content of the book was about. You know, it was from Jonathan's perspective, um, you know, what he, what signs and symptoms he had. As far as, like you asked me about different people that, um, right. that were, uh, had signs of autism, right. Mozart. Mozart, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson. There's a whole book written by Norm Legend, who's passed away since, but the late Norm Legend. But, uh, gosh, there's a whole bunch of people that yeah. may or may not have had autism. It's kind of controversial because we weren't that, we weren't there back then, so we didn't right. do the diagnosing. But right. he, he says, like Albert Einstein, um, is actually on the cover of his book, that, that people believe may have had autism or been on the autism spectrum. Um, I've talked a lot to Stephen Shaw about that, too. Mm -hmm. People have, you know, like, different gifts and skills and strengths. And now you're seeing a lot of people now that are are saying that they have autism. Yes, and Um, I I love the fact that we are being uh, trained, taught, educated, made wise, that it is a theme of neurodiversity that we've mm-hmm. got to consider because it really then does embrace all of these people who are, you know, known heroes of our culture and our country who yes. may have had it. And so it tells us what we may help to produce if we were really in our education and in our institutions able to embrace this knowledge. Maybe right. we could have more Mozarts and more Jeffersons. Right. And it's not a disease, no. you know. 
it's it's really looking at those four things that it affects the social, the behavior, the communication, sensory areas, you know, mm-hmm. and working with those areas that affect so many of us, and especially now with the, what's happened with the pandemic and yes. and COVID and everything, that people are even experience, experiencing that much more because we're living in a society where people have been isolated. More and more people are being exposed to those areas. Mm-hmm. And like I, I believe that our children that are either on the autism spectrum in one way or another, or they have signs or symptoms of different things like ADD, ADHD, OCD, alphabet soup of some sort, yes. are, <laughs> are having challenges around that and that our kids that are so-called the canaries in the coal mine uh-huh. are going to open up a whole area where they can, you know, get connected to, the air, to mm-hmm. help for the empathy and the understanding and the social skills and all those things that will help them communicate better. Exactly. They've been disconnected from from uh, peers and from communication mm-hmm. and talking to real life humans. You know, we've lost that human to human connection. That's so many right. different levels. And so, so, on that note, I'd like to go yeah. to our next song. Uh, okay. advancing a little bit more in the process. In the late 70s and early 80s, we started to understand a little more. And one of those first examples was that cutoff in communication uh, when your child was speechless. And Ooh. Richard and Linda Thompson came out with a song called Speechless Child, which is considered by many to be one of the first that is specifically about autism. And so this is MC Hager, it's a way of love live, KBCZ 89.3, interviewing Karen Simmons of Autism Today. And we're going to be coming back with more of that. But right now, we're going to go with Speechless Child by Richard and Linda Thompson. And yo 
close the door and close it tight. See all the joys of family living. You're better off by far today. Your private life, your private today on It's a Way of Love Live, and we are going to be talking some more to Karen Simmons of Autism Today and the amazing work that she's doing to keep everything current, all the knowledge that we all need to understand the role in the lives of our daily lives, our history, and our future, that people who are on the spectrum of neurodiversity, which you know when it come da- comes down to it, it may include all of us folks. We need to know this, and and we need to know what if it happens to our children? What if we get the diagnosis? Where do we start? And so before we come back to Karen, I want to just say one thing. Love is Where to Start by Meg Ford. Special children on the same spectrum
Some wounds cannot be healed. 
today thank you so much you know Karen just having gotten to know you and getting to uh, uh, research and look into all this material my own perspective has expanded in such a great way mine too you <laughs> yes so, love peace happiness all those things are so important <laughs> yes they are so tell us more about what Autism Today does to represent this growing need for information and really up-to-date knowledge on neurodiversity? Well, we connect people with the latest resources and, and try to find more resources of helping people with emotions and understanding. We have a new partner in Motorplay. Um, yes. They are a company out of um, Tel Aviv, Compedia. And they are connected to universities. Uh, and Dr. Simon Baron Cohen is connected to um, let me see um, to developing a lot of the the information um, behind the behind the um, teaching and everything. And it teaches emotions based on facial expressions, tone and voice, body language. Um, feelings inside the body because this is so important and um, you know underneath everything it's so important yes. for children to understand emotions sure because then they, make, then they can express what they want if they want the something at the top of the shelf they can get it um, right. different books and resources that people have all the way from you know things like biomedical information we're more of a platform for people to you know to represent different products and services and not necessarily um, taking, a, you know, like representing anything in particular. You know, we're just a platform for people to um, learn about different things that are out there. Mm-hmm. And um, ever-expanding different things, books and conferences and information. So good. Thank you for that service. So tell me, do you ever get people to laugh about autism? Yes, yes. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> the stories, the stories that people tell, you know. Absolutely. Like, like I, I was involved in Chicken Soup for the Soul. In fact, I, I 
very bad happened with Mark and Jack because they didn't think that that there were gonna there were gonna be enough stories to right. tell about people with special needs or exceptional needs or whatever we called it back then. Um, you know, it there's so many stories to tell that these parents have to tell about their child, you know, that are funny. You know, like flooding the bathroom floor right. or, or starting the house on fire. I mean it's not funny at the time. But it's, That's right. It can be or walking home barefoot, you know, and mom, but I didn't, I didn't uh, take the main roads. I took the back roads so the, that uh, the bad guys wouldn't get me, you know. And then you find your yeah. son at home in the bathtub, you know, <laughs> after you send all the police officers after him. And yes. you know, they're, they're funny after the fact. They're not funny at the time. Well, you know, there is some that are funny at the time, and that's why I bring it up here. At it's the way of love live. We have a segment called "It's the way of laughs," and <laughs> what I was surprised is that how many comedians there are who are autistic. Oh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and so I started finding uh, a, a, some great, great uh, bits about autism. And so I want to play one today, next. Okay. And this is Joe Wells. And he talks about getting, uh, and this happens with a lot of adults, it's not just with kids, right? Sometimes adults, mm-hmm. because we're discovering so much more about this all the time, get a diagnosis when they are already an adult. And uh, this is something, of course, that, you know, changes things in a perspective. But to Joe, it didn't really. And so he has a story, which I'm going to play now, which is getting an autism diagnosis by the stand-up comedian Joe Wells. We'll be right back with more Karen Simmons and Autism Today, celebrating neurodiversity. Good. This is my story about losing my headphones. I should give you some background to this story. I'm an autistic man. I've been a man for 12 years. Before then, I was a boy. (laughs) And I've always been autistic. But I only had the diagnosis earlier this year. And when you get that diagnosis, you spend a lot of time, too much time, wondering about stuff that happened in your past, Negative experiences, would that have all been different if I'd had this diagnosis? Uh, the one thing I'd say for a fact, it, it's helped explain things for me. Like, uh, there's always been things which I've really disliked, but everyone else seems to love. The main three things are eye contact, the sound of men's voices, and the Arctic monkeys. The, <laughs> the third one, that's not an autistic thing, I just think... I think they're a really overrated band, and people talk about them like they're the next Beatles, don't they? I don't think they're very good. Uh, don't like eye contact. I think it's weird. I think it's weird that you people do that. Think about what eye contact is. We've all got two jelly balls that we hold inside of our skulls, and we walk around sucking in light into our jelly balls at all times. And when you want to be polite to someone, you're supposed to point your jelly balls towards their jelly balls. <laughs> Suck all the light off of their jelly balls. They return the favour, point their jelly balls back at your jelly balls. They suck the light off of your jelly balls whilst you're sucking the light off of their jelly balls in a mutual jelly ball sucking thing. I find that weirdly intimate. (laughs) When you just met someone to immediately suck on their jelly balls. I used to get in trouble at school. And a science teacher used to say to me, Joe, you have to make eye contact with me, otherwise I don't know you're listening to me. What kind of biology teacher are you? <laughs> people listen with their eyes. 
<laughs> so, but uh, I don't like men's voices either. I find um, apologies to any men in the room. Uh, I don't hate men, I just hate men's voices. Men's voices sound like someone's driving a motorbike through a wood chipper. It's like, oh, I like craft beer. That's what men sound like. I find that really distressing. I don't like it at all. Particularly like more than one man. Three or more men talking loudly over each other. I don't like that. That's why I won't watch Top Gear. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I, I'm aware that I have a man's voice, by the way. But I don't mind my own voice, because whenever I know my voice is coming, I just make sure I speak over it. It's fine. <laughs> no, I will not watch this back. I don't like that. Uh, I've got a particularly bad man's voice. I know that. It's kind of nasal and monotone, and I've got this accent. I feel very self-conscious of this accent when I come to the Edinburgh Fringe, because my accent is the exact same accent that all the Scottish comedians put on when they want to make fun of English people. I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> So I avoid, I avoid men's uh, voices as much as I can. I can't always do that. I work as a comedian, so I have to get late trains a lot, and men are drunk on the late trains. And I don't like... Men's voices get worse when they're drunk, because when men get drunk, they stop feeling the requisite level of shame for their voices. So they get louder, and I don't like it. Even a man with like a nice, soft voice, like David Attenborough, if he'd been on a night out on the lash with Chris Packham, <laughs> his voice would be... <laughs> wildlife conservation let's reduce plastic waste i wouldn't like it and i i hate it i hate that voice the sound of men's voices drunk men's voices and i i never knew why it was until i had this diagnosis i used to have to come up with a reason why and the, what i thought i'd worked out was that i hate the sound of men's voices because i'm a good feminist i'm very progressive and i hate the sound of men's voices because it reminds me of all of the misogyny that women have endured for millennia that would make more sense as a theory if it weren't for the fact that when I hear men's voices, I put my headphones on, I listen to music, and I listen to mainly gangster rap. That's... <laughs> that's what I like. I like gangster rap. I'm sorry. I know, it's, I know it's problematic, but I like it a lot. You can't kid yourself that you're drowning out the sound of toxic masculinity when you're listening to N.W.A. to drown it out. Uh, I like Gangster Gangster. Best N.W.A. song that I'm allowed to say the title of on this show. That's... <laughs> gangster Gangster's great. It's very offensive to various minorities, but I like that when Dr. Dre, Easy e and Ice Cube are talking, they take it in turns to talk, and that's much more pleasing to my ears. I like that. <laughs> so, I, I didn't exactly lose my headphones. My headphones broke. They broke in London. The reason that they broke was because I'd only spent £10 on headphones. You should always spend minimum £20 on headphones, otherwise it's a false economy. If you spend £10, you maybe have to replace them five times in a year. £20 set of headphones will last you the whole year. That's not a joke, it's not part of the story, just a bit of consumer advice for you. <laughs> Always spend at least £20 on headphones. That's the moral of this story. If you leave today, someone says, what was the BBC Out show about? You tell them it was about how you should spend minimum £20 on headphones. That's, that's what I'm telling you. But I didn't, I was young, naive and reckless. So I spent £10 on headphones. They broke on the tube in London. Still going to get a two-hour train back to Portsmouth, where I live. I was very anxious because I thought there could be men with their loud man voices talking, and that would be horrible. I don't have anything to drown it out. Got on the train, and there is one girl on her own who's drunk, not causing any problems. Uh, there's uh, mother and daughter who have been to like a West End show, they're talking about that. There's one man on his own, businessman on a laptop, that's 
fine. It's going to be fine. There's no groups of men talking. I'll pull out a book and I'll read my book. 15 minutes. It's peaceful. It's fine. And then after about 15 minutes, I hear like a kind of like a splattering noise. And I look up and I see that the really drunk girl, she's been sick on the floor. Uh, quite a lot of sick, just on the floor. And I look up and we make eye contact. And for the first time in my life, I've made eye contact with someone and they feel less comfortable about it <laughs> than I do. I feel kind of empowered by it in a weird way. This is brilliant. I don't feel as uncomfortable anymore. I should, I should have more human interaction with people who are drunk to the point of vomiting. And then I think, no, that would mean going to Weatherspoons. So I'll never do that again. I... All right, that is Joe Wells telling us a little bit about what it's like to be autistic, and I thought that was a good perspective to have. We are back with Karen Simmons, and, uh, you know, there is this aspect where many, many more people are discovering aspects of their personality that may be due to the fact that they are in the neural spectrum. Karen, what do you think about that? Oh, I have a lot to say about that. Um, my dad was an aeronautical engineer, uh-huh. and um, yeah, it's like I I start questioning myself, <laughs> you know, because yes. I I focus very deeply, and this is kind of hard to talk about in a way, but sure. it makes a lot of sense, you know, the things that I'm really interested in. My gemology career was very focused on looking at stones yeah. and looking inside these stones and very detail-oriented. Very and deep then, detail. Very deep, you know, like the clarity, the color, yeah. the cut, the carrot weight, and all these different types of things. And then that whole, that whole industry is very detail-oriented. Right. And then to get a son with, have a son with autism. Then I jumped in, you know, with both feet and into that career and kind of stimmed out on autism, basically. <laughs> Yeah. So looking at all the resources and all the all the authors and all the different things. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just wanted I wanted to make it really, really count for everybody, not yes. just my son, but you know, while I was in the process of finding all the resources that I could for him, I wanted to make it count for everybody. So that's what I've been doing. But then I started thinking, well, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe you know, maybe I might be on the spectrum. I don't know. And I don't think they knew back in those days if we were. But yeah, I think um, there's a lot of people you can look at throughout time and and then that it's it's very possible that a lot of people, a lot more people than we think may have signs of autism or some type of neurodiversity. Right. And uh, it, to me, it is very, very uh, heartwarming when a celebrity comes out and, and talks about it and their own experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one that I have here coming up is Will I Am of Black Eyed Peas, who came out mm-hmm. with uh, an, a, a diagnosis, and he made a song called What I Am. And I thought, you know what, if Will I Am made a song called What I Am, I want to know what he is. <laughs> And so here is Will I Am and the Sesame Street characters singing What I Am. We'll be back with more Karen Simmons and Autism Today. If what I am is what's in me, then I'll stay strong, that's who I'll be. And I will always be the best me that I can be. 
There's only one me, I admit Have a dream, I'll follow it It's up to me to try Oh, I'ma keep my head up high Keep on reaching high Never gonna quit, I'll keep getting stronger And nothing's gonna bring me down Never gonna stop, gotta go Because I know I'll keep getting stronger And what I am is awful Nothing I can't achieve because in myself I believe in those Gonna keep all heads up high Keep on reaching high Never gonna quit, just keep getting stronger And nothing gonna bring us down Never giving up, gotta go Because I know I'll keep getting stronger Nothing I can't achieve because of myself I've been leaving you Gonna hold my head up high Keep on reaching high I'm never gonna stop I'll keep getting stronger Nothing's gonna bring me down Never give it up, gotta go Yeah, I'll keep getting stronger And we're gonna keep getting stronger Here in our community Our way of love community because of people like Karen Simmons of Autism Today. Karen, why don't you tell us a little more about Autism Today and how people, our listeners, can reach out and find out more as they want to be involved. Sure. Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to say is that one other thing that we do at Autism Today yeah. is we do um, the Autism Today show. Yes. And we, we do interviews with people that are experts and we talk about autism and how this resource has helped them, um, how they, like, they talk about their area of expertise, whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. vitamins or biomedical tools or sensory tools or things that can help them. And um, mm-hmm. we're very informative uh, people. So if people would like to reach out to me, um, autismtoday at gmail.com or karen at autismtoday.com is one way. Mm-hmm. Go to autismtoday.com is our website. And, you know, check it out. And, um, and watch the show. And watch the shows. Those shows. <laughs> Absolutely. So fantastic. Yeah. You know, Karen, uh, thank you so much for coming on uh, to It's a Way of Life. It's a Way of Love Live. And uh, I, I want to say uh, we're definitely going to be checking out Autism Today. We're big supporters. And, uh, you know, come back uh, and, and we'd like to talk to you some more sometime. Get an update as things happen for Autism Today and you have some announcements. We'd, we'd love to have you back on the show. Thank you so much, MC. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So I much. love what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Love is something to love, and people doing what they love to make the world a better place really applies to what you're doing at Autism Today. So thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you so much. So now everybody heard me mention that band that sounded just like my favorite classic rock bands. That's the Autistics. That's A-U-T-I-S-T-I-X. 
and they have a song that we're going to go out on. It's called Just Like Me, and I want to thank everybody listening out there. Definitely check out AutismToday.com, and it is a wonderful time to be learning about all of the aspects of neurodiversity and where we all fall on that spectrum, because now we can start to call things like they are, different forms of brilliance. And that's what this band, the Autistics, really represent. Uh, all the players, all the singers, everybody is a diagnosed uh, on the autistic spectrum. And uh, check them out. A fantastic band. They're, they're making quite a splash for neurodiversity, and you will hear why. This is MC Hager signing off. We'll be back next week for more It's the Way of Love live.
Um, uh, so people say as well was having an interesting name. Uh, I've also got an interesting and special personality, but I think that's just a nice way of saying, Leighton, I think you're mentally challenged. Uh, and No, but I'm not. I think it's wrong. I'm not. The official diagnosis is autism, you know? Uh, and, you know, I'm proud to be autistic. I call myself an, an autist because I think it sounds better. I, I'm not... Um, you know, I am, proud to, I am proud to be autistic. I'll shout it from the rooftops like a vegan. You know, I... Uh, but, I, cool, but, but I, um, but as I say, like, I'm an artist, I'm not an artist because uh, I can't draw anything, but I'm very good at throwing stuff. Uh, I can throw javelins, I can throw shot puts, and I'm a specialist at throwing the remote control onto the floor when my mum shouts at me. Um, but as, uh, as well as being uh, autistic, uh, I'm also uh, Jewish. Don't know if I should admit that in this room, but uh, I. Uh, but you're probably thinking, you know, he's won the jackpot. Being autistic and Jewish, he must have won the genetics lottery. He must be both smart and rich, and I am. Uh, no, like I. I don't like the the negative stereotypes of being Jewish. Like people expect me to be a spoiled brat and live off my parents. I do, but that's not the point. <laughs> People expect me to have a good job. I do, but that's not the point. People expect me to have fancy cars. I don't know if I already said that one. I didn't, but I'll finish the joke as it was meant to be. So people expect me to know how to finish this joke. I don't, and that is the point, but... <laughs> okay, I'll take the laughter. Laughter is good. Uh, so uh, so I, don't, uh, I don't really like leaving the house uh, because being autistic, I'm very socially awkward if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, and, but I, do, but I, I did leave the house. Uh, I was in a shop the other day. That doesn't make any sense. I was, I was in the shop the other day buying a sausage uh, and because it was a pork sausage because I'm a bad Jew, I love a sausage. Uh, I, I love a sausage inside me. Uh, and, 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 the, and the shopkeeper said to me, he forced me to pay with cash. And, and that gave me a dilemma, because having to pay with cash, he gave me change. And being autistic, I'm not the biggest fan of change. But, but on the other hand, on the other hand, I'm also Jewish, so it balances itself out. <laughs> Winter's day In a deep and dark December I am alone Gazing from my window To the streets below On a freshly fallen silent shroud of snow I am a rock I am an Deep and mighty That none may 
mean a friendship Friendship causes pain It's laughter and it's loving I disdain I am a rock I am an island Don't talk of love Feelings that have died If I never loved I never would have cried I am a rock I am an island I have my books And my poetry To protect me